Advice from the internet. You don't need a parachute to go skydiving. You do need a parachute to go skydiving twice. I have never actually been skydiving, but I don't think that I ever will. It's not really something on my bucket list. Welcome to episode 52 of Starting Sustainability. I'm your host, Kaylin Chenoweth. Hello, everybody. What have you all been doing this past week? I have been decluttering my house like crazy. I'm selling all the big items on Facebook Marketplace because I should get paid for all of this work. Don't worry, I'll be donating all of the other items. I also attempted a zero-waste shopping trip. I purposefully went shopping with the focus of zero waste in mind. Normally, I don't even do the grocery shopping. My husband does. So this was kind of a treat for me because I got to go grocery shopping by myself. No kiddos. So I got to enjoy the experience and do a little research as well. First on my list was bananas, and I got the single bananas because they're usually the last ones to be picked. Everybody feels like they have to be in bunches. It's the single ones that usually end up rotting, the, getting thrown away to the dump. So I got those. Saved some bananas. Yay me. <laughs> then I had to get some milk. There is a local dairy here called Oberweiss, and their milk comes in a glass bottle. And it's kind of pricey, <laughs> but it was on sale. And I found out that you get $2 back when you return the bottle. Unfortunately, they only had 2% left, and I needed both 2% and whole milk because my toddler drinks whole milk because that's what you're supposed to do nutrition-wise. Anyways, so I got the 2%, and I still had to get the plastic jug for the whole milk. I did get cereal in a cardboard box, but I know that there's a plastic bag inside, so that kind of stinks. There wasn't really any other option. When it came to yogurt, I found one brand that came in a glass jar, and that is We, O-U-I as in the French word for yes, we. It's the French style yogurt made by YoPlay. It was extremely expensive. On sale, it was $3.50 for four individual ones versus the plastic counterpart, which is 10 for $4. That's about 40 cents each. I did have to get cheese. The deli area, because of coronavirus, Everything is pre-sliced and wrapped in plastic anyways. It really didn't matter if I got the pre-packaged kind or the deli version. Both were covered in plastic, so that kind of stunk. I found a score on frozen tamales in a cloth bag. was super excited about that, but when I opened up the freezer to grab them out, I then realized that the tamales inside were definitely wrapped in plastic because I could hear it crinkling. That was very misleading, and I got duped. <laughs> the cloth bags on the outside fooled me. I had to get some baby food because Colt is now six months, so we are playing with pureed foods. It was very hard to find some in glass jars. Everything came in little plastic containers or plastic pouches. I did find Gerber and Happy Baby were the only ones in glass jars, and they were more expensive because it was a glass jar, organic and non-GMO, and you've always got to pay more money for that stuff. My big fail was ketchup. There was one brand ketchup dominates like a third of the aisle there was one brand that came in a glass bottle let's face it ketchup in a glass bottle does not come out well who primarily uses ketchup in my house my toddler 
All I could envision was him shaking it relentlessly and the glass bottle slipping from his hands, getting dropped, shattering, and ketchup going everywhere and making the inside of my kitchen look like a murder scene. Therefore, I opted for the plastic squeeze container. I know that's a no-no. I just couldn't bring myself to get the glass one and have to deal with all of that mess. I also had to get orange juice and apple juice. Unfortunately, those only came in plastic containers. There was no alternative there. The last item on my grocery list was dog treats. There was only one brand that came in a cardboard box. All of the rest came in plastic bags. So it looks like Ruger is getting milk bone treats for the next few weeks. Oh yeah, also... I started packing my lunch with all my newfound low-waste grocery items. I discovered that those wee yogurts in a glass jar, they have a foil lid on them, which is fine because you can recycle the aluminum foil lid and the glass jar. The problem is once you tear off the foil lid, you now have a cute glass jar with no lid, which makes it quite difficult to repurpose. You need a lid. Although I think I will be able to find a home for these glass jars for anybody that makes candles because that would be a perfect glass jar for candles. They are very cute little glass jars. It turns out November 15th is America Recycles Day. I did not know that. I just found that out. Luckily, we have a couple of weeks, so I'm going to do my best to educate you on plastics and recycling and all of that jazz. So we're going to kick it off today, and we're going to discuss the problem with plastics. Correction, multiple problems with plastic. It's not just one. There's a lot. I remember watching a video on Facebook about some celebrity who was ridding their house of plastic because plastic is bad. So she was throwing away all the plastic stuff in the kitchen and replacing it with sustainable products. Do you see or hear the irony in that? Throwing plastic away is the problem. If you already have plastic Tupperware, plates, cups, etc., keep it. They are staying around for the next half a century. They can either be in your house getting used or taking up space in the dump. Stop purchasing new plastics and instead reuse what you have. If you need to purchase new, then purchase sustainable products, products made from recycled materials. 90% of the world's plastic is made from crude oil. The cheapest way to produce plastic is using a byproduct from fracking or drilling. What is fracking? Fracking is the process used to pull oil out of the ground. It can be extremely damaging to the environment because it emits a bunch of potent gas called methane. Methane is 25% more potent than carbon dioxide. The oil we pull from the earth is used to create plastic. As we have covered before, plastic does not decompose. It can only be broken down basically from wear and sunlight. That's it. Even then, it only breaks into smaller pieces. And when they get to be 5 millimeters or smaller, that's when they are called microplastics. And guess what else? This process of degradation also emits methane. These microplastics, the smaller pieces, cannot be filtered, and that is why they end up in the ocean and in our bodies. Yes, you heard that right. Scientists have found microplastics in water, animal, and human stool on every continent. That's the entire globe. If you're eating, put down your food for just a second because I'm about to drop some more gross knowledge on you. It is estimated that humans eat a credit card's worth of microplastics every single week. Every week. There are 52 weeks in a year. How hungry are you? Can you eat 52 credit cards? 
And yet we still use plastics in every single aspect of our lives. 50% of all the plastic in the world is from single-use purposes. 40% of the plastic in the world is used for packaging. How long do you use single-use plastic items? Think about it. How long do you use a plastic fork or a plastic grocery bag before you throw it away? The average use of a single-use plastic item is 12 minutes, and it takes over 500 years to break down. So yeah, there are a lot of problems with plastic. That's why it has such a bad rap. (laughs) Actually, that's kind of funny. I did not intend that pun, but if you really think about it, what's the most hated plastic in the world? Saran wrap, because it's such a pain in the butt. Okay, that's the end of my joke. What is the solution to all of these problems? Recycle it, right? The problem there is that only 12 to 15% of the plastic in the world is recycled. And in the U.S., it is 9.5%. Sad face. It's not because we're all lazy. I'm speaking as an American. There are different types of plastic, and depending on what type it is, it can be easy or hard to recycle. Let's do a quick review of the types of plastic. A common type of plastic is PET, P-E-T, and that's labeled as number one. This is a soft plastic used in making water and soda bottles. It's easy to recycle, and most recycling stations do accept them. Number two is H-D-P-E, and it's primarily used for shampoo and conditioner bottles. PVC, number three, is used for drain pipes and drilling equipment. Then we get into a whole bunch of other stuff. L-D-P-E, number four. PP, number five, PS, number six, NA or other, number seven. That includes plastic bags, car bumpers, styrofoam, and many other items that are in the other category and are basically impossible to recycle because they are all mixed materials. Think of a bag of chips where it's plastic on the outside or foil on the inside. All of these will end up in the landfill or incinerator. It is clear why so many people have a hard time understanding the types of plastic, where to recycle, and how to recycle. So they just give up. It's overwhelming. In many cases, plastic is not necessary. That's the place to start your sustainable journey. Start with a concept called waste ownership. This means you take ownership of your trash and really think about what happens when you throw something away, either at home, work, or in public. And then do your best to minimize that action. Minimize or eliminate single-use plastics. That's why we push reusable items, permanent items. Hey, I'm back to continue recording part two of this episode. You don't know, but I got interrupted during my recording a few days ago, and then all of a sudden I was out of time and had to go get my kids from daycare, and I just haven't been able to sit down and record again. Now we're going to branch into talking about plastic in nature. Trash ends up everywhere, including forests and oceans, and we know it's a major problem in the oceans. And the big problem with plastic trash is that it doesn't decompose. It is estimated 8 million metric tons of plastic waste are added into the oceans each year. So that's in addition to the current estimation of 5.25 trillion macro and microplastic pieces floating in the ocean. Of all marine debris, 60 to 90 percent of it is from plastics. Oceans have currents that slowly collect and push together all the floating pieces of plastic, resulting in what we call the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. 
Please take the time to look this up. It is a huge plastic island floating in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And when I say huge, it is the size of France. It's not a cute little tiny tropical island. It's the size of a whole European country. How does a floating island the size of France go unnoticed by so many people? When they take satellite pictures, it is approved to be edited out because it is not an organic landmass. In this sense, the term organic means actual dirt, rocks, and plants. And since it's none of those, because it's basically all manufactured synthetic stuff, plastic, it gets to be removed. Here's another disturbing fact. Left behind fishing gear, also known as ghost gear, makes up 49% of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. That is where the Seafood Watch Program from the Monterey Bay comes in handy. They make it easy to determine which fishing industries are good and clean up after themselves, and which ones leave behind ghost gear and pollution. Keep in mind when you are buying your seafood items, we want to support the good guys. The only time I support the bad guy is when I'm watching Dexter. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, that's a good show too. Let's talk about straws. If you have given up single-use plastic straws, thank you. Good job. Continue to do without them. Or use non-plastic substitutes like paper straws or reusable silicone straws. I personally don't use straws at all. I've just never really liked them. Straws initially got a bad rep because they are found in the ocean. And because of education and awareness, consumers took charge and initiated an industry change. I remember when California banned single-use straws, and that was quite a controversy on Facebook on whether you're pro or anti that, but I'm happy that it happened. Now, reusable straws and paper straws are much easier to find in stores and restaurants. They're more commonly used, and, thank you California, now it's becoming more common to see them getting banned amongst different cities and states. Yay! Of all the plastic pollution in the ocean, straws make up only 0.025%. That's a quarter of a percent. Again, be proud of switching out your single-use plastic straws, but at the same time, ask what else you can do. Remember, there are 640,000 tons of ghost gear, which is way more detrimental than straws. This is why it is so important to support good fishing industries and utilizing the Seafood Watch program app. Remember earlier when I mentioned scientists found plastic in water, animal, and human stool samples on all continents? Here's a deeper dive. Of the animals they have examined, they have found plastic pollution in 100% of all studied marine turtles, 59% of whales, 36% of seals, and 40% of all seabird species that were examined. Plastic kills 100,000 marine mammals and terminals, (laughs) turtles, and one million seabirds every single year. There are different organizations like Ocean Cleanup and Plastic Change, and they do a wonderful job of cleaning up the beaches. They produce tons of educational information about everyday products that end up on the beaches. In the UK, the average one-mile stretch of beach will contain approximately 5,000 items of marine plastic pollution and over 150 plastic bottles. That is for each mile. When I go running on the beach, I run approximately three miles. What a lovely view of the beach while running and seeing 15,000 items of plastic garbage. 
I do live in the U.S., but the study was done in the U.K., but it's still a very powerful study. And here is a list from that study of the top 10 everyday products that ended up on the beach. And even though that's the U.K. and I think a majority of the listeners are in the U.S., all these items are still common all around the world. So it doesn't matter where you live. I guarantee these items are very common on your beaches. So here they are. Plastic bottles and lids. Cigarette butts. Q-tips. Snack bags. Candy wrappers. Tampons, ugh. pads, plastic bags, plastic cutlery, plastic cups, balloons, and the little plastic stick that the balloon is attached to, and fast food containers like the styrofoam boxes. And yes, styrofoam is a form of plastic. When I read this study, these are the thoughts that I had. The theory is that these are common items brought to the beach. No glasses allowed, so you bring plastic drinks, tampons and pads, Ladies, once you go in the water and those get wet, they are useless. And it can be very embarrassing to go change since there are no pockets on a swimsuit. And most of the time, there's not a changing room. And even if there is one, it's usually crowded and gross. (laughs) Cups, balloons, snack bags, and candy wrappers, and styrofoam food boxes. Yep, sounds like somebody had a great party while they were at the beach. It's also sometimes hard to find a trash can at the beach, and walking on the hot sand to get to the trash can that is far away is quite a whooping. And even though people had the strength to carry all these items out onto the beach, they purposefully choose not to carry them back to their car. Of the items that do miraculously make it into the garbage bin on the beach, they are all small and can be lifted out by wild animals, raccoons, badgers, birds, and even the wind and end up in the ocean at some point. Let's take a quick moment to review what easy substitutes we can make to avoid all of these items on the beach. Use reusable cups. Quit smoking. You should have never started in the first place. Or at least switch to a vape. I guess that's a little better. Buy cardboard-centered Q-tips. Or I just learned about this. You can get a mimikaki stick. It is basically a stick that you use to clean the earwax out. You can also get silicone earbuds instead of Q-tips and you can just wash those. Snacks and candy come from a bulk store, and you place them in a reusable container for traveling on the go. Ladies, menstrual cup, and cloth pads. Bring cutlery kit with you in your car, purse, briefcase, book bag, and avoid balloons and other decorative items for parties. It's still festive. You don't need all those decorations that just are trash. And last, pack your own lunch to avoid the fast food. Fast food is expensive, it's not all that healthy, and the containers are not good. Just bring your own food. We're going to circle back to that disturbing fact about eating a credit card's worth of plastic each week. As you can imagine, that is not good for our bodies. Plastic is made from oil mixed with chemicals. Different chemicals have different effects. Some make the plastic soft and bendable, while others make the plastic more sturdy. Take a look around your home. How many different plastic products do you have? And observe how they vary from one another. When we eat plastic... The chemicals enter our bodies and have severe effects on our health. In addition to the microplastics found in the water we drink and animals that we carnivores love to consume, (laughs) there are non-food-based items that we put into our mouths regularly, like plastic bottles, cutlery, fast food containers, and in the case of many children, toys. The chemicals from these plastics have been proven to affect, ready for a long list here, (laughs) fertility, hormone balance, blood pressure, insulin production, and digestion. You can find a lot of plastic items that are labeled BPA-free, and so then you feel good about buying those plastic items thinking that you're safe. 
most of the time, those items are water bottles and baby bottles. But really think about all the other plastic items that I just listed that you're still putting into your mouth and all those microplastics that are going into your body. Those are not BPA-free. For those of you who don't know, BPA stands for bisphenol A, and it has been found to disrupt hormone balance with a compound that imitates estrogen in the body. That means sperm production and the initiation of puberty are affected. It is estimated that by the time a child is three, they will have an average of 80 different chemicals in their body as a result of plastic household items and toys. In 1950, the world's population was 2.5 billion people, and they produced 1.5 million tons of plastic. Only 66 years later, in 2016, the global population increased two and a half times to 7 billion people, but the plastic production increased to 320 million tons of plastic. That is 213 fold. It is set to double that by 2034. That is only 14 years away. That's a lot of plastic. To help get this plastic under control, we push for recycling. Recycling is a great system to assist in reusing the resources we have already produced. However, only 12 to 15 percent of the plastic in the whole world is recycled. In the U.S., it's only 9.5%. Plastic items don't make it to the recycling, and when they do, the process of recycling is not as efficient as it needs to be. Therefore, just recycling is not enough. That is why recycling is last in the reduce, reuse, recycle triangle. For a long time, I personally placed it as number one and thought it's okay to buy all this wasteful plastic stuff because I'm doing my part by recycling. It is more important to reduce what you buy and reuse what you have as a last resort, recycle items. It is important to make sure people have access to recycling because sometimes you have no choice but to discard plastic items. In that case, recycle them. Even though recycling still has its problems, it is still a great first step towards sustainability. Next week, we're going to go into more detail about the recycling programs. But for now, I'm going to give your brain a break because <laughs> that was a lot of intense, factual information for one episode. Even though it was a lot of very intense information, I felt it was very important to put together this episode to help explain why plastic is so bad, especially when people think it's okay because I can just recycle it. So I want to help break that thought process of it's okay because I can recycle it. We really need to stop supporting the plastic-based products and those industries that are making them and profiting from us consumers buying them and start doing the switches that we've talked about time and time again in the earlier episodes of this podcast. For those of you who like the challenges this week, your challenge is to find two plastic items in your house that you can switch out for a non-plastic version. That's your assignment for this week. That's very simple. You can totally do that. And if you don't want to replace it, you can just get rid of it and not buy anything to replace it. Not everything needs to be replaced. There are so many items that you can just do without. For example, what I did a couple weeks ago was phase out snack bars. We, me personally, am really big into granola bars and cheesy crackers or peanut butter crackers that are all individual, ready to go, on the go, packaged snacks, if that makes sense. 
<laughs> and those are basically what I live off of, the granola bars and the crackers. And I have them in my bag. I have them in my work bag. I have them in my purse. I have them in my car, in the diaper bag. I have them at work. That way, I anytime that I get hungry, they are there, ready to go. It's a quick, easy snack, ready to grab. What I've done instead is I will make homemade trail mix. And then I have little plastic containers like little Tupperware reusable containers and I will fill those up and snap them shut and I will put those in the car in my lunchbox at work so now I have trail mix it's the same stuff that I like in my granola bars I really like nut and dried fruit heavy based granola bars so now I do that instead of buying the pre-packaged snacks because that wrapper can't be recycled there's nothing I can do with that wrapper other than throw it away I can recycle the cardboard box that they come in but the wrapper no And the same thing with crackers. I have little Tupperware containers of peanut butter, and then I have Tupperware containers of the crackers. And then when I'm on the road or on the go, whatever the case may be, I can just open them up and dip the crackers in the peanut butter. You cannot pre-make those. I've tried that. You cannot (laughs) pre-make peanut butter and cracker sandwiches and leave them in your car because the water activity, which is the water in the peanut butter will transfer into the cracker and make the cracker very soggy. So that doesn't work long term. That works if you're going to eat that snack within the next 15, 20 minutes. But if you're going to leave it somewhere for a few days, that process doesn't work. Separating out the peanut butter from the crackers is the way to go. You can take my idea and copy it. You can come up with your own. Whatever works for you. But that's your challenge. Come up with a couple of things that you can do this next week to get rid of plastic in your house. And then share it on the Facebook group with everybody. If you don't know the name of our Facebook group, it's called Starting Sustainability. I tried to make it really easy for everybody to find. Do that. And then if you have any additional feedback, comments, whatever the case may be, you can do it on the Facebook group. You can private message me on the Facebook group or you can send me an email. Kaylin, K-A-Y-L-I-N, at startingsustainability.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Tori's been doing amazing, amazing at the Instagram. That's starting underscore sustainability. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your week. Continue to stay sustainable. And I will talk to everybody again next week and share all the details about recycling programs next week. Bye.